Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Simple Theology Podcast, a podcast connecting theology to everyday life by examining various doctrines of the Christian faith. Today, we are chatting about some various education options, and we're kind of diving into this topic, kind of looking at the big three, and we're not looking at um, college or university or seminary or anything like that, but um, kind of the K through 12, the homeschool option versus the private school, charter school option versus the public school option. And we try to just give some helpful pieces of advice and kind of connect it to how it ties into discipleship. So we hope you enjoy the conversation. doing you like that <laughs> it's oh, like yeah. all the all the all the build-up and then like uh-huh. nothing yeah for listeners you know, um rick and i are we're recording from a distance again and he said give us the countdown and i gave him the three two one and i went to start talking and i just kind of held there for a little bit mm, the he suspense built the suspense mm, how you doing man? You how's your day going good um been a good day uh, i'm trying to think so I got the most sleep last night I've had in about three weeks. How much was that? How much sleep is that? I think I think honestly about like five hours. Okay. Um, you know, and I woke great. up not great. <laughs> I woke up though like super, like just droggy. I think because I'm not used to that much sleep right now. Yeah. I was super sleepy. Anyway, uh, good day. I was able to, to go out and work from a coffee shop for a little bit today, which I was telling you earlier is different because i've been in a coffee shop working not like as an employee but just doing some admin work there yeah um for the church in a coffee shop uh since before covid so we're talking like late february early march and um it was good to get back out there but i tell you what i do miss working from home so a little update so the listeners i'm sure they care about all this stuff but right now my (laughs) home office which I enjoy um, has is gone, and it's now um, a room for my wife and I to sleep in, which is downstairs as she's recovering from just having the baby, having a catheter, and um, all that stuff. So yeah, there's not a whole lot of space. Yeah, for me. yeah, and and Rick had a beautiful office. I mean, really nice space to be in, and you had that for like what a quick cup of coffee about two weeks mm-hmm. three weeks and then the baby came it might have been longer than that it might have been like a month or two mm-hmm. but it definitely wasn't as long as i would have liked if it were mm. my office oh it's coming back don't you oh worry. i believe it i believe it mm. this but, thing's coming back yeah Hopefully beautiful office within within a week yeah how about you rob how's your day going what's what's up man pretty good man yeah no no complaints we're just getting ready for baby number two mm. which is mm. exciting and yeah. listeners they go back to our first episodes, you can hear us talking about the expectant first babies. And mm-hmm. now, Rick, your second child has arrived, and ours is due within the next month or two, depending on yeah whether or not we go C-section or not. So, All right. Yeah, man. It's exciting. I mean, it is tough. I think we talked about this last episode or a few episodes ago. I, I forgot how difficult it was uh, the first few weeks, but I also forgot how fun it is just to have your own little baby and just 
a lot of it's a lot of delight in a little tiny package. So yeah, we're we're digging yeah. it. Um, How, so uh, give me give me like a little bit of detail. How mm-hmm. is um, what's Levi's temperament like? Pretty compared, chill. I mean, compared to Will. Yeah. So so he, I feel like he is crying. He's more. He's crying more than Will. He's upset more often, but he has like a lot of gas issues. So mm, just like Dad, mm, must run in the family. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah. So that's about it. But I mean, right now, like he eats, he sleeps, he poops, he pees a lot. Here's yeah. what I forgot: how many diapers you go through in a man of, in a span of like three hours, oh, like man. Or four hours. I mean, you can just change diaper after diaper after diaper. Um, and I forgot about that one. That's a lot. Anyway, yeah. it's it's going well, and I think our other son Will is adjusting well for the most part. Um, yeah, it, it's going well, man. I mean, I'm, I feel encouraged. I told Candace the other day, like it's going to be a while before we kind of get back into rhythm for us. But I'm I personally am trying to get back into some rhythm, and that's been helpful uh, yeah. because you feel like you're just oh, uh, like drifting in the ocean without rhythm like oh i bet that was one of the most difficult things for me when we Mm -hmm. when we had finley is that i i was about as as prepared as i felt like i could be Mm because everyone had told me like what to expect what to expect what to Mm -hmm. expect and i i tried to prepare as best as i could and i felt fairly ready but man i was not prepared for one the lack of sleep because mm-hmm. I thought, okay, I'll probably get five hours or so, which I can I can do, it, and I wasn't even getting that. But then, second, I I was not prepared for the lack of rhythm. Yeah, it was, it was just, just everything. everything was based on Finley's schedule, and mm-hmm. I had to find ways to squeeze the things in that I had to get in, and I just was not well prepared for that. So, yeah. not not terribly excited about that aspect, but but I am very excited for our second kiddo to get here. Here's the thing I will say. And this is yeah. as you as you guys are getting ready. I mean, you know, we've only been at this at this for three weeks with Levi. It's it's longer. So the amount of time it took to kind of get back into rhythm with your first child, even though you've gone through it with the second, um, so you know what to expect, all that stuff. In that sense, it's easier. But because you already have a little two year old at home or two and a half year old with Finley. It just, I feel like it prolongs the rhythm because it's a whole different ball game with that. Um, yeah. So let that let that be a, uh, an encouragement to you and cheer you up. Yeah, thanks. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, so, so with that, of, oh, segue it, baby. You want me, you want me to do the segue or I you? I want you to We both you do it up for one another. Mm. <laughs> Side note, you can gotta, you hear my computer? I feel like it's about to take off. Like it is, it's working really hard right now. I can't, I can't on my, my side. Okay. Listeners may be able to, you may not, I might be able to edit it out, but regardless, Mm. um, Rick, you said our kids are two, Mm. two and a half. Nicely done. That means that here in just a couple years, we're going to be thinking about school. Education, which we already are. I mean, they're already learning. They're talking. They're, I mean, they're learning how to do their, their long division and Mm, fractions. Yeah. So. at, by the time they get to kindergarten, I'm sure those things will have been well learned. But mm-hmm. we do want to prepare them by making sure they're doing those things at this point. So, which is just normal for any two, two and a half year old. If if you're doing <laughs> if your on job, par, right, yeah, exactly. On pace, they should be course. doing long division by the time they're 18 months. <laughs> so, but no. Uh, so there's like, okay, let's let's before we dive too much further. What what does scripture say about education? You want to start us off? Or you want me to start us off? We've got some verses here. We should probably read through some of these. 
Yeah, so so I just say one as we talk about today with with education that you know, we're going to talk a little bit about you know for the forms of formal education, but just big picture the education does matter. So Proverbs one seven through nine says, "The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and discipline." And again in Proverbs eight or sixteen sixteen, how much better to get wisdom than gold? To get understanding is to be chosen rather than silver. So this idea that we are to to gain knowledge and understanding. Now, as Christians reading this from Scripture, we, we there's this understanding. This is a, in a theological sense, but I think as Solomon's writing, he means in in all things, get understanding to gain wisdom and knowledge is a precious thing. And so we need to pursue that. We need to to play a role in that. And as a lot of, of Westerners, American Christians, um, we value education, formal education, um, and we also need to tie that into our, our discipling process for our kids and just um, as as a church, as a culture. You look like you're yeah, jumping and on and something. to that point, no, I was just going to go into our second point here that you, you make the point that education matters, which absolutely that, that's mm-hmm. true. And I mean, I've heard several people, I think most recently Jen Wilkin, say that the the heart cannot love what the mind does not know. And right. so education is how we learn things. Mm-hmm. So in order for us to love God more deeply, in order for us to then serve God more deeply, because from the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks, in order for us to be able to talk about God more effectively to others, we have to learn about him. And so therefore, education, it not only does it matter, but it's also part of our discipleship, the point you made. Yeah. Matthew 28, 19 yeah. 20 says, go therefore, this is the great commission, Jesus is telling his disciples mm-hmm. after his resurrection, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. You see the Trinity right there. Teaching them, teaching them, he says, teaching mm-hmm. them Teach. to Instruct. observe yeah. everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Jesus, as part of his final commission, the great commission to the disciples mm-hmm. and to all disciples thereafter, is to teach others everything mm-hmm. pertaining mm-hmm. to him. Yeah, and I think uh, we're not. what we're not saying is that learning to read and write is the same thing as learning to die to, to self and to to the, the besetting sins and how Good to use your spiritual gifts. But what we are saying is I think they're cl- more closely related than maybe culturally we have thought they were. Um, as whole beings, right, so the the whole person being developed and being um, discipled, right, we're, we're learning, we're growing in our knowledge of, and as you said, you know, you can't, you can't love what you don't know. Well, part of education as believers in discipleship and development is is reading scripture, um, wading into hard topics, all those things, and it takes good, robust education to be able to do those things. Um, it's important to remember, this goes for any culture and any time throughout history, that education is going to happen. It can happen to a very poor level, right? a very poor education that's not very beneficial. You can get a great education, um, formally speaking, but whether it's the culture, whether it's intentional or unintentional, education 
is going to happen. So as parents, and then as believers, a part of a church who are trying to disciple others, we need to be aware of um, the impressions or the education that our kids are getting, or the youth, or um, even other believers, whether it's from, you know, we're going through a, a cultural moment right now where people are getting a lot of information about cultural events with, with the whole um race issues, and there's the protests, and then there's the riots, and then there's the, all the talking heads. And so people are getting, quote-unquote, education by a lot of different viewpoints, and we need to be aware of that and take that into account as we're seeking to, to educate others and to value education. Yeah, that's great. And and super, yeah, great points that you make there. I could build off some of those, but you, I think you said it really well. Um, but another thing that we want to make sure that we're doing because we're, we're trying to emphasize the value of education, right? Mm-hmm. That's the way that we um, come to know God. And, and it's not, not saying that education is the means. You made a good distinction there, mm-hmm. but it aids. So you learn to read. And when you read, then you learn to read scripture. And then from reading scripture, mm-hmm. you then learn more about God. And so they, they fit in with one another. But a, a really good thing to, to recognize is that we do not, we don't, worship education we're stressing the importance of it we're saying that Mm -hmm. um this is this is vitally important because it has a correlation to your discipleship and again not Mm -hmm. to say that the better you are at math the better a christian you're going to be or the better you are at the sciences the better christian you're getting like that's not the correlation we're trying to make but we're saying that those things aid in your understanding and so you see guys Mm -hmm. like um what is it Dr. Greenleaf, who did the mathematical equations behind what were the chances of some of the prophecies in the Old Testament coming true in any one person's life. Mm-hmm. And he said, um, any eight of those prophecies, any eight of the over 250 Old Testament prophecies, for any eight of them mm-hmm. to come true in one individual's life, the chances of that were one with like 17 zeros after that. Yeah. Like, crazy i forget the number it was like quintillion or something like that like the the chances were so minuscule mm-hmm. for eight of them to happen in any person's right. life but all 250 plus happened in the life of jesus and so his mathematical education helped strengthen his faith because he was able to put those things together and so with that we, we certainly want to say that education is important Mm-hmm. But we also want to distinct, yeah. distinctly say that we don't worship education. Education isn't going to bring about our salvation. Education mm-hmm. isn't going to bring about a social utopia. It, it's important, but it's not the ultimate or primary thing. Yeah, I think as as people who live in a, in a, a secular, um, post-Christian, post-modern age, the the prevailing religious view, it, it doesn't... It's not called religion, but it's secular humanism, this idea that we can just better ourselves, right? So with enough knowledge, enough freedom, enough resources, like people will just be good. Now, what I like about that is there's a positive, there's an optimism there. Like, let's better our our status. Let's get people out of poverty. Let's increase the lifespan of individuals and lower the infant mortality rate. And all those things are are great things. And I think we need to be energetic and positive and support those things. But it's not our ultimate hope. This bettering of a society or of the individual will not bring this ultimate satisfaction. It's, It's still empty. So as believers, 
what we want to do is we want to see the value of formal education, the value of book learning, the value of being able to, you know, to, to, to go through different disciplines and, and to do well. But no, that's not ult- our ultimate hope. However, I think as Christians who are forward-thinking in a, in a secular culture, we need to be, I think we need to think better or think more deeply about how do we, how should we educate our children? What is the best way, what is the most effective way we do that? And so in America, uh, this isn't so much even in Europe, but mostly in America, we see kind of three swaths, if you will. This is, there's a lot of debate about this. The homeschool group, right? The, the private school, private Christian education, and then the, um, the filthy public schools with all the reprobates, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, and and so, just quick clarification, private school like could also be charter school. I know yeah. that, that may be yeah. obvious to some people, but just to make it clear. So, so as you know, and, and Rob, Rob grew up um, going to public school. I grew up homeschooled. We don't have a third perspective here for the private um, Christian school or even just private school in general. But there, there are people who take very hostile stances on these. I mean, it's like, no. how, how in the world could you subject your child to go to public school where they teach about evolution and they have, you know, sex ed? And, and how could you do that as a Christian. And there's other Christians who say, as Christians who are supposed to love their neighbors and fulfill the Great Commission, how could you not put your kids in a place with lost people? And how could you protect them? You know, and and others who say, listen, if you have the option for private education and you have plenty of money, because it usually takes a lot of money <laughs> to do that, how could you not? Do- so, <laughs> yeah. so very like staunch beliefs on these things. Yeah. Um, and I think you know we just need to be. We need everyone needs to calm down. Um, you know, I so, I think everyone. What? <laughs> I was just going to ask you. So, which one's right? Yeah. You tell me. None of them are right. None of them are wrong. That's my point. <laughs> so that's the thing. Like as no, Rick, we need an answer. Okay. Um, just no school. Uh, we've got free range education. So if your kid learns to read, <laughs> free range children. Yeah, if they, that's a thing, right? So free range education now. Um, that's right. No, this is where part of this. We have a privilege to homeschool, right? A, a lot of Western. Uh, a lot of parts of the world, like parents do not have the option and they, they don't have the education to do that. They don't have the resources to buy the books for one parent to stay home. Um, there are parts of the the world where in different countries, it's illegal, right? We even see that in some of Europe, it's illegal to homeschool. There's a big case that came through with a family in Germany several years ago that they, they were seeking asylum in the States because the parents were trying to homeschool their kids. Anyway, I don't think homeschooling is the answer. I think it's a, it's a can be a good option, has its downfalls. Same with private school and public school. So um, for me, you know, my experience as a homeschooler was very different than Rob's in in a sense. But yet into our adulthood, I think w- things have kind of evened out. And I would say we're I would say I'm an average homeschooler. I'm probably not like the the brain like the brainiac kind of homeschooler, but you oh, know. don't talk about yourself like that. You're smartest you know? homeschooler in on your street. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Rob. There's actually oh, the whole street is homeschooled. We oh. live in this, com- this commune right now, so <laughs> nothing but homeschoolers in the commune. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. 
No, but for me, I'll just speak for a minute on my experience. Um, you know, we, the thing that I got all the time from people was, man, how do you socialize? Like, aren't you, aren't you like behind developmentally and all these things because you don't have friends? And it's like, man, this is like, I always thought that was the weirdest thing because like I had friends, we we hung out with a lot of people. I was going to say, the way you said that made it sound like you didn't have any friends. No, but people are people like, how do you guys, like, I'm not kidding you. People would, they would be very direct. Like, so how do you socialize? Like, how do you have other friends? And I think in their mind, it was just like, we all like live on the compound and leave the compound to go to Walmart once a month, you know? And like, <laughs> it was just this weird thing, you know? Like, I don't know. Um, thankfully, there's a lot more homeschool options now than there were 20 years ago so it's much more popular and common um but yeah it was it was always a kind of a joke like how do you get how do you get how do you talk to the people you know why, why are yeah, you backwards yeah. it's like i don't know that's we're normal um but here's the thing for so this is a little bit of for my family um my parents had no desire to homeschool at all but they felt like this is what the lord was calling them to do and so that's what they did with all four of their kids um which you know it's the lord has been good and blessed that and but it's yeah. not the only option it's not like oh if you love jesus you have to homeschool your kids or else you're you know subjecting them to this radical agenda um of the public school you know yeah so and for you rob you you are a, a product so to speak of the public school system in yeah Ohio, anyway, and um, well, it can... seems like it seems like you actually love Jesus. Um, You're—I don't think you're addicted to, to substance, um, any kind of abusive substances or anything. Not at this um, point. You seem yeah, like a productive, Lord. maybe coffee. person who's contributing to society. How did you do that? How did you manage that? How did yeah. you come through public school unscathed like that? My goodness. Yeah, well, <laughs> um, great question, man. Really great question, because really, I, I don't even know. Um, I mean, it was man. it was a unique experience going to class with with demons sitting next to me. But <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I will say this though: I didn't graduate first in my class, unlike someone else mm. on this podcast. So yeah. your education may have been better, uh, but... first and and last, and. Uh... <laughs> I'm in charge but, of the uh, class reunion too. So yeah. So with all joking aside, um, had a great public school experience. I mean, mm -hmm. the guys that I went to school with, we played sports together. Um, I mean, sports that were sanctioned by the school, but then also. Uh, <laughs> Thanks for clarifying. Why is, why is that funny? <laughs> it's just like when you tell me you talk about sanctioning, it was funny. It's just mm, okay. Well, school san sanctions. I'm a sports. funny guy, That's Rick. Good. Yeah. Well, you probably got um, that from the public school, I would imagine. Yeah, probably, probably. But we we played school sports together. We played um, like summer league sports together. We uh, hung out. I mean, I had I had, and we still stay in touch t to this day. Mm -hmm. Like I, they were texting yesterday. We have a a chat with the the guys that we all went to school together with, and. It's like a dozen of us, but we all stay in touch mm -hmm. and we see each other once or twice a year and it's a great time. So really great experience. With that said, yeah, I was exposed to things that I would not want any of my kids exposed to. What, I mean, yeah. whether Finley or our daughter that is Lord willing going to be born here in the next month or so um, or any children, like there's there's no child. And I wouldn't want any of your kids to be exposed to some mm -hmm. of the things that I was exposed to. Granted, the Lord used those 
Lord, use those things to, mm-hmm. um, even for a season, allow me to indulge in them and then show me that these things are not giving you the satisfaction that the world promised they would, that it can only be found in me. And um, yeah, I, I hope that my kids and I hope your kids and I hope the kids of people listening find that out without having to experience, without having to indulge in some of the sins that you could be exposed to in public school. But whether it's through being exposed to those things or whether it's through being protected from those things, ultimately the Lord will use either situation Mm -hmm. to bring about his will and to bring about his purpose in that individual's life. Those things strengthened my faith. I've heard arguments for why people don't believe God because I was around people who didn't believe in God. Mm-hmm. And and those arguments I've then had to wrestle with, and I've been able to find satisfactory rebuttals to where I it strengthened my faith. And then I can engage in a meaningful conversation with people who may not have the same worldview as me. And Lord willing, the Lord will use those conversations and the gospel will take root in those people's lives and there will be gospel fruit. Yeah. But... um. To, to your point, it's not that the homeschool experience, because because you can be protected from those things, is better than the public school experience because you are um, exposed to some of those things. The Lord will use either situation mm-hmm. uh, for his purposes. Yeah. Now, granted, I will say um, there there's like a, a common... Um, a common illustration that's used, and it shows the amount of hours in a student's week, and then it shows how many mm-hmm. of them are taken up by um, sleep, and mm-hmm. then it shows how many of them are taken up by time in school, and then maybe sports, and then and then it shows like a couple hours, like maybe an hour or two on Sunday for church, and maybe an hour throughout the week with a group. And mm-hmm. they're like, of the however many hours there are in a week, two of them are spent focusing on the Lord, the rest are being, someone else is pouring into them. And so, and, and I sympathize with that argument. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I totally understand why you as a parent would say, I want there to be more than just a couple hours each week um, right. th- through church and through maybe youth group to where the child, to where my kids are hearing gospel truths. But, but the answer isn't automatically homeschool. The answer first, before any kind of schooling, is how much time are you, parent, spending with your kids trying mm-hmm. to show them what the gospel is? They get home from right. school. Do you, do you have some opportunities to have conversations? Do you have opportunities to – do you have rhythms in place where you as a family are reading scripture together? Are you with your kids or you, are you praying with your family? I mean, hopefully it's more than just the time they spend with church. We've had episodes where we've talked about not outsourcing your children's discipleship to mm-hmm. the church. The church should aid in that, but ultimately you as the parent, you're the first priority, they're your first priority when it comes to discipleship. If your kids aren't Mm -hmm. being discipled, the first person that needs to be be held responsible is you. That's easy for me to say with a a two and a half year old who isn't quite, doesn't quite have the decision making capability that maybe a 14 or 15 year old has. She hasn't memorized the New City Catechism yet? No, 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 she has, but... Uh Oh, um, she hasn't decided where she's at. Yeah, exactly, exactly. (laughs) So, so with that, I I recognize that I'm coming from a position of young parent, Mm -hmm. haven't experienced a lot of things, um, but But I hope... But it doesn't make you wrong. Yeah, exactly. I hope and I pray that I have the same mentality that 
I'm responsible for my child's discipleship. And then I have to make the personal decision based off of where my child is, because I I know my Mm -hmm. child better than anybody else. Mm -hmm. Is it a good decision for me to send them to public school, or is it a good decision for me to send them to a charter or private school, or is it a good decision for me to homeschool them? And that decision may be different for each kid. Yeah. I mean, yep. honestly, it, it mm-hmm. may be. I know that, like, that seems really weird, but it may be better to homeschool a child a child for um, a certain amount of time when another child is going to public school because they just may be more ready for that. Now, right. I realize that that brings up all kinds of family issues. Yeah. You know, maybe the siblings are upset because one gets to be around friends more with public school, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but you as a parent need to need to make that decision for your family and 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 it should be ideally a decision that is explained and and yeah. obviously be careful with the way you explain that hey finley um you have a really strong personality so we're going to send you to public school but hey johnny gertrude yeah oh. gertrude um and that what you name your name in yeah it? it is yeah exactly <laughs> um i'm impressed that you found out nicely done um <laughs> hey gertrude you uh you're clearly very moldable and very easily persuaded. So we're not going to send you to public school yet because we're concerned that you mm-hmm. may apostatize the faith. You know what I mean? Be careful <laughs> about how you <laughs> go about yeah. those conversations. So <laughs> You're an apostate. <laughs> yeah. So, Don't tell your uh, third grader that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But, those, yeah, but you, I, you do need to have those conversations. Yeah. But you also well, have to use discernment as a parent as to how you have those conversations. And I, th- I feel like coming out of the, the whole spring COVID, everyone's doing stuff online. Like, I feel like families are going to be facing this question that they've never thought they'd face because they're going to have probably kids who are like the kids who thrived at home. Like, not just they were happier, but like just academically, they, they did much better. Yeah. And then the kids who did not and who need more structure or they just need the social dynamic to kind of keep them focused as well. Um, so, so some of these questions, and that's kind of the idea of, of this episode is, is that the education, uh, the formation of your kids, book learning is part, the spiritual formation is part. And as parents, um, and then again, as just Christians and as, as the church, we need to make sure that we're not um, s- separating those too much Right. So if your kid does go to public school or a charter private school, you know, and they don't have as much time with you, that that's okay. But you still need to be just as intentional with the spiritual formation aspect and still just as much um, in charge of their academic development and growth as well. You know, you cannot put your kid into a system and then in 12 years, like, what the heck is this? Like, you know, I didn't sign off on this. Well, you know, you're the parent. You're responsible for that. And again, we have certain privileges in the West, and especially in America, um, to have options, but ultimately we're responsible for that. Similarly, when our, our kids grow up and they do leave the home, like, we are responsible for their spiritual formation. We're not responsible for their salvation. We can't we can't pick what they do with the education we've given them, but we're responsible for that. And so I want people, parents and leaders and, and churches to be thinking, how do, we, how do we really shape the whole person? How do we begin to really kind of weave their spiritual formation throughout their, even their academic portion? Whether that's, hey, I'm, they're homeschooled and their curriculum is faith-based, or they're going to a, a, a secular private school or a, a charter school or they're a public school and 
we can dialogue about what they're learning and, and what their classmates are saying and how that that is right or wrong or how do we I mean how do we think critically just in general so there's there's so many ways we need to be strategic about that now i get in the throes of the day-to-day grind of life man you're just happy if you can get their homework done and you get to bed at a decent hour and maybe do a load of laundry right so what's yeah. this guy talking about like all this you know formal and just in-depth stuff about like that's not real life well that is eternal and so that needs to be the priority over the the basketball or the f- the football or the video games or whatever it is is the development and the formation of these young people both in formal academic settings and spiritual formation settings. So yeah. with that and said, I, go ahead. Well, I was I was going to say, and for those listening who may think like, oh my goodness, like we need to make a decision here, or just you feel the pressure of decision, know that. You don't like whatever decision you make. That's not the final decision for the rest of their childhood. Right. Like we have friends who their parents made the strategic decision to say we're going to homeschool, um, or no, they said we're going to send them to a private school, a, a Christian private school, up until eighth grade, mm-hmm. and then once they get to high school, we think that at that point they'll have a, a good foundation built. They're they're uh, have, they will have thought for themselves. They will be firm, more firm in their faith, and we feel fine sending mm-hmm. them to high yeah. school, uh, a public yeah. high school. And but they say just like, hey, we're just for this period of time, while their personality is mm-hmm. forming, while their beliefs are forming, while they're extremely moldable. Like let's let's put them in a in a Christian setting, and then let's send them into the world to prepare them. Mm-hmm. So now, again, each child's different. Some people may say, I'm, from K through twelve, we're going to be Christian from or Christian school from K through twelve we're going to homeschool. K we're going to be apostate for a few years. And <laughs> yeah, exactly. Whatever. <laughs> exactly. But but one thing, one thing I I want to point out is that Romans fourteen kind of mm-hmm. talks about this, and, and not mm-hmm. necessarily the education part, but how we are to respond to people who disagree with us. And Paul is talking about um, food and not letting. Um, differences of opinion as to what kind of foods that can be eaten or drinks that can be drunk um, come between us. But it it applies here too. And he says, but whoever doubts stands condemned if he eats because he's eating, because his eating is not from faith and everything that is not from faith is sin. And so the decisions that you need to make need not to be based on what society tells you. They shouldn't be based on what you think is going to be most culturally acceptable. It really shouldn't even be based on which is going to position your child to get into the best college. Mm -hmm. It should be based on the faith that you have and what is best for cultivating that faith in your child as well. Mm -hmm. What is most faithful in this situation? Your primary responsibility as a parent is to disciple your child. And if sending them to a one of those three options, your ultimate reason for doing that is so that they get into a better school or so they have Mm -hmm. more friends or so they have more experiences or so they are just, they just don't make some of the moral failures. They don't um, end up committing some of the moral moral failures that others have or maybe that you did. Whatever your primary decision is, if it's not based off of wanting to honor and glorify the Lord ultimately, then you're probably, I'm not even going to say probably, you are doing it for the wrong reason. Mm-hmm. So you may say, I want to send them to a Christian school because I want them to be Christians because it would be so embarrassing for me and my family if one of my kids 
decided to walk away from the faith. I couldn't handle that because I'm surrounded by Christians. It would be really embarrassing if one of my kids, then you're making that decision for the wrong reason. Right, right. That's a great point. And vice versa. Yeah. Well, and I I would say any time, like we as parents need to protect our children. As churches, we need to protect our sheep, right? Um, As shepherds. And and so there's a truth to that. But protecting them... has a lot more to do with teaching them how to, to make good decisions rather than ha- making sure they're never exposed, right? So you talked a little bit about your experience through yeah. school and the things you're exposed to. And again, whatever, whatever three categories you're in of private, public, or homeschool, like you will pretty much face all those temptations. Maybe not in the same form or time, but the temptation to just give in to your flesh and do with the world, it's there. So don't think you can shelter them for 18 years, and then they're going to walk out of the house and be immune to the things of the world. Yeah. That's that's ludicrous. You know, at the same time, be, don't think, oh, I'm a Christian, so my kids go to church with me, and they're involved in VBS every year, and they do church stuff and the kids' programs and youth, and so they're immune to the, the things of the world in the public school. That's ludicrous as well. Um we need to be just very patient, loving, and gracious, and kind with one another as we work through this. And so just for a minute, from my perspective, homeschoolers can be very like, man, you have to homeschool if you love your kids. And sometimes when a, a family or a parents decide to not homeschool, they are actually walking away from a whole community because those that group of parents decides, hey, we're, just, we're the homeschool community. And if you're not homeschooling, you're not really a part of this, and we're going to kind of shun you. So that shouldn't happen. We need to be very loving and kind as people to parents who are navigating how do we, what's the best way for the formal academic education for our children? Be gracious, be kind. And then as parents, be patient. You said you don't have to pick one. You can try different. That's the beauty. We can try different options. You can try public school. You can, you can try uh, homeschool. You know, if you have the means, you, you can try charter school if, if that's an option for you um, and, and see what works. You know, I get that, you know, you don't want to be throwing your kids in all these different situations year after year after year, but be patient and um, you know, just take it easy. Don't beat yourself too, too much. Don't beat yourself up too much about these things, you know, and, yeah. and we just say like, do it in community. I mean, do it with other believers. Talk to the people who homeschool. Figure out what, why they do it, what they like, what they don't like. Talk to the people who don't. Why do they do it? You know, Just get yeah. a different perspective within a biblical gospel-centered community. Yeah, that's good. Um, this, this is an illustration that came to me while you were talking, and it, it's me working it out verbally on the fly. So this might mm, not work, work but we'll it. see how it goes. So right now we're going through the COVID-19 pandemic, right? And there's this big debate as to whether we should, as, as places go back, and mm-hmm. economies open back up, restaurants open back up, businesses open back up. We've seen in a lot of the states right now spikes in mm-hmm. COVID nineteen cases, and so some mm-hmm. people are saying, "Oh, this, this, you need to. We need to go back to quarantine. This is spiking again, and we came back too soon." Other people are saying, "No, like we need to do uh, herd men, herd um, immunity. immunity. That way, we can yeah. yeah, we can build up as a." as communities we can build up this immunity against this virus because we're a little bit exposed to it and there's almost a little bit of that same principle mm-hmm. when it comes to yeah. the school schooling option mm-hmm. do we send our kids into into the world earlier so that they can build up an immunity to some of the arguments 
that mm-hmm. are steering people away from the faith so that they can experience some of those things. They can see what the world embraces, and then they can come home, and we can, we as parents can kind of talk them through that, why some people may believe what they believe, how we respond to that argument, and we're trying to build up an immunity early. Or would you rather have them be at home to where you can you can pump them with vitamin C, you can give them a bunch of orange juice, you can just do everything you can to build up their immunity system so that when they're older and they can step out of the house later, mm-hmm. they have a super strong immunity and those that virus, so to speak, right. of secularism right. doesn't overtake them. Right. I'm not saying that one choice is right over the other, mm-hmm. but you need to make and, that and decision based off. It could be kid by kid, of, like you said. Exactly. That's yeah. exactly what I was getting ready to say yeah. is that you need to make that decision based off each child. Yeah. And, and I think that's the, you know, the kind of the crux of this episode is just that we need to, we need to think better about the formal education of, of our Christian young people. And then we need to make sure that we, um, are not being judgmental on others who make a different decision, and ultimately really valuing the whole discipleship process, the whole formation um, of these young people, and and then resting in God's goodness and His sovereignty, knowing that no matter how many camps or how many how much you do as a parent, you could I mean you could just I mean this crush it. You can just be an awesome parent who has just been pouring into your kids for years, and they might still walk away from the faith. You don't know if they're going to return or what, but that's ultimately uh, between them and the Lord. You cannot um, just, there's not a formula to making sure your kids are uh, followers of Christ, you know? There's uh, a proverb which gives us wisdom, and Mm -hmm. it says, you know, know, if you raise your child in the ways of the Lord, they won't depart, but that's not a promise. That's a a principle that we need to understand. definitely not a promise but we need to strive to raise our kids that way yeah. so I mean, so with that go ahead well, i was gonna say ultimately god being perfect father mm-hmm. has um in the old testament been named the father of israel and even god mm-hmm. the child of israel israel walked away several times so yeah. parent take take some pressure off yourself as as you make that decision you're not sovereign, you're not all-knowing, you're not all-powerful, but exercise wisdom, think through these things, ask other brothers and sisters in Christ how they're thinking through it, and if you come to a different conclusion, that's fine, it's not a big deal, mm-hmm. um, just mm-hmm. show each other grace, show each other humility, and ultimately, trust the Lord. That's right. Yeah. There you have it. So, um, cool. I, I just encourage you as as listeners to think through this stuff. Um you know, if you have questions, if you have comments or something, please like send them our way. We'd love to hear from you. If you have thoughts on this or really, you know, any topic. Well, if you mail a letter to Rob <laughs> at <laughs> no, so um, you guys, you can definitely head over to our website, simpletheology dot com, and you can connect nope. with dot org. Sorry, sorry. I was get. I always want to say your church's website dot org, and then the the podcast. Mm. But anyway, nope. so if you head over to simpletheology.org and you can find the links to our social media, you can send us an email. Um, you can always go to iTunes and give us a review. We love those. haven't had those for a while. Um, you can, I think, just email us as, as an info. Rob's been doing it. So, so Rob took over the, the outro, if that's what you call it. 
Um, yeah, that's right. He took it over, and so I'm I'm a little bit You're rusty all over here, the place. No, I'm just trying to remember the email. What'd you say it was? Info. Info at simpletheology.org. Info. Info. Um, you can hit us up on almost any social media. Rob has a personal TikTok that you can um, watch some videos. He also Stop, has Snapchat. I at, <laughs> I was going to make yeah, up some name. Don't, um, I do not. But no, but you can you can go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash simple theology. We're on Instagram, um, simple theology pod. If you go to, ha- if you use hashtag simple theology pod across those or Twitter, you can definitely connect with us there. Um, and you can give us a call. We ha- uh, Rob, do we have any voicemails in the in there? I'll check here in a second. I don't think. Uh, okay, um, this, I'm going to try gonna this one. You can you can call us at 614-233-1098. Um and leave us a message. Um, love to hear from you. Of course, Rob, you got any answers on the voicemail? Um, that's, all, like we're, we that's all we're waiting on. Like we all right, somebody call us. All right. I called in an answer. Yeah, there's a reason. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Hope you have a great week. Peace. See you guys.